1: Normally, I do a bit of research on my guests, but tonight I purposely did not because I wanted to get to know Chris uh, firsthand just as you do. So every now and then, you know, uh, some of my guests that I bring across are people that, you know, I've just been acquainted with because I want to enjoy the discovery just as much as you do. A lot of other people that we interview here, I know a bit of their background or I do a bit of research on social media about them. But with Chris, I purposely left it out because I want to get to know him a bit deeper right here, right now with you. I have known his father. His father walked, um, he drove in the car park here, whatever, at our church, looking to see who the pastor was because he had a history here. And it was such a blessing to meet him. And I'm hoping to interview him soon as well. But we start with the son tonight. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here with you. So, as soon as you drove in the car park, deja vu, you know, you've you got a history here. It is deja vu. <laughs> you've got beautiful parents, both mom and dad. I've met them only briefly, mm. but they invited me in, in, in their home. Mm. That's very risky business at their age. <laughs> well, you are a pastor, so <laughs> it should be fine. Well, you know, a lot of people don't want pastors in their home. <laughs> So you grew up around this place, how old were you when your parents came to this church or yeah, they established they, the ministry here? They had planted a church and Bible college in Balcata, so not far okay. from here at all.
0: And I think about two years into that story, purchased the property here in Nalamara. and that's nearly 40 years ago, so it's nearly four decades, and I would have been a young teenager at
1: that particular point in time. You mean you're over 40? I am over 40. It's only just? I'm over 50, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm coming close to you <laughs> uh, as well,
0: catching up. But there's two parts to the story. Because Is Because my wife's grandfather, my wife's grandparents, lived in Nolamara. Yes. And they helped build the building. So wow. I was on that side first and then my family side second. Did you know about that or you found out later? When I started dating her, the, the sort of story came out, if that makes sense. So yeah. the Presbyterian part on her side and then the Pentecostal part on my side. So how did you... Managed to keep it all together. Good question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love. She's, she's still Presbyterian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no, I, I dragged over the Pentecostals. So I will and truly, a poor poor thing or blessed thing. You're you more
1: Presbyterian, actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, wonderful. Yeah. So you grew up. You were born in Perth. Born in Northern. Northern. Okay. This is Perth. Yes, only about an hour, give or take. Almost almost a suburb of Perth. Nearly, (laughs) (laughs) nearly. The development is going that way. Great Eastern Highway is expanding. It's going to be a fast through there. Interesting uh, things happening on that corridor. Mm. And uh, how how old were you when you moved to Perth from Northern? We actually moved east first. So Northern, Wayala, Adelaide,
0: Townsville, to North Queensland, back here again when I was starting high school.
1: Do you remember anything from Northern? Not really. No, not from that era. No. So you would have been two or three when you left? Yeah, about two, I think. Wayala? Yeah. Okay.
0: Wayala. I was a youngster, so just before starting school, but started school in Adelaide. So Adelaide was the formative period. Okay. And then Townsville, North Queensland, then here. Yeah. What do you remember of Adelaide? My baby brother was born there. Okay. I'm the big brother, he's the kid brother, you know how that goes. No one
1: in between, just two brothers? Just the two of us, yeah, five years apart, so okay. a bit of a gap there. hmm mm. And you were schooled in uh, Adelaide? Schooled in Adelaide for the first three years. Remember some, a little bit of... Lots yeah. of things. We had a primary school teacher
0: for two years there, and we learned from the class before us that we'd start each day saying, good morning, Mrs. Fox, in a box, in a letterbox, eating Cocoa Pops. What? We'd oh, end the day know. saying, good afternoon, Mrs. Fox, in a box, in a box eating cocoa box. Was, we did what, that for two whole years. What's her name, Mrs. Fox? Mrs. Mrs. Fox. <laughs> so she, she created a poem, a joke. Uh, right? the, the kids in the classroom did, and it got handed
1: down from class to class to class. So and she gladly accepted it. She accepted it quite happily. Wonderful. She was good. Yeah, yeah. You have to roll your tongue a little bit to learn that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those seashores on the seashore, you know. She's exactly. No, that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. And so your parents moved from Northern to Adelaide because of ministry? Yeah, way out in between. Okay. But yeah, they were pastoring. That's right. So dad initially was pastoring here before he left in Northern? Yeah, he planted a church in Northern. Yeah. From Perth, he went to Northern? That's right. Yeah. To plant a church? Uh, what was it? An evangelical church, an Assemblies of God church? Yeah, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's a pioneer. Yeah, that's right. Wow. That's the family. We're all pioneers. And in Wyala again, he started something, or he was uh, running. No, he, he was appointed uh, the pastor of an existing church in Wyala mm-hmm. and then the same in Adelaide, and then to Townsville. Yes, then to Townsville. Wow. Mm. Right. What a what a journey. Mm. And then from Townsville, how long were you guys in Townsville? Four years, yeah. He started a Bible college in
0: Townsville, which still runs today. That was what he did up there. There's a reason he went there. The church asked him to come and start the college there. And so then, he had experience of establishing Bible
1: colleges? Yeah, he was involved in studying one in Adelaide before that. So there was a history already okay. for him. Mm. So he started a Bible college in Townsville? Yes. Wow. What do, you, do you remember much of that church? I do. There'd, there'd be
0: a few names around town that you would know. I won't say them now. We can talk about it afterwards. But a few names around town that came through. Townsville was the end of the hippie trail. Yes. So hippies were hang up in the 70s. And land up there, there was a revival taking place in North Queensland. Yeah. charismatic renewal taking place. And they would walk in and dramatically encounter the, the Lord Jesus Christ and turn their lives around before they knew it. They were in Bible college getting trained. and.
1: Then they'll be sent out into
0: missions or church planting. So it was a it, heady, heady period indeed. Wow. Wild, wild period. That's yeah. amazing. People were living together, not married. A month later, there'd be a wedding. Yeah. The church would all bring food to share. we would got big celebrations taking place, lives being transformed by Jesus. It was remarkable. Yeah, beautiful time.
1: And were you more, a, um, let's say, in the stand or were you in the game? <laughs> you know, with well, your parents and stuff.
0: Yeah, still, still in primary school, so still young enough to not really um, be involved, involved, if that makes sense.
1: Were you learning? Were you uh, playing in instruments? Were you, were you growing into...? Not playing? yet. That all happened here. Okay. Uh, but I will tell you a couple of things. A friend of
0: mine at eight had come to school one day and said, did your father tell you what happened last night? I said, no, we'd stayed home because my brother was still young. Yes. Dad had gone to church without us, and it turns out my friend was spirit filled and spoke in tongues and at the, age a, of, at the age of eight and came to school the next day and told yeah. me and I was horrified because this is not fair. Why can I have yeah. this? And
1: so you were familiar with the
0: oh yeah you know within that month I was water baptized, spirit filled, speaking in tongues. Yeah, it was everything, everything, just yeah, the desire, the whole, the whole thing. That's right. Wow, the whole thing. And then walking to church in Townsville, you'd walk into the foyer and you'd walk past someone who was demon possessed manifesting in the foyer. Yeah. And when I say people were casting demons out, not pastors, not deacons, not elders. No. Just normal, regular yeah. Christians casting yeah. demons out in the foyer. And being an eight, nine, ten-year-old thinking, this is normal, this is church. Yeah. yeah. Demons are
1: cast out when church starts. That's right. That was very normal. That's yeah. beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. The, you know, those, those experiences, you know, they, they can't be manufactured. That's right. They're formative. Yeah. yeah. They change everything. And then your parents were relocated to WA, to Perth. That's it. And they were part of... They came here at the Assemblies of God as pastors here. That's right, yes. Yeah. Pioneered a church and a Bible college here in El Perth. El Shaddai. That's right. Right here. That's right. You know, when your dad first came in the car park, um, they just stopped here with your mum, and uh, I went to greet them, and they said... Um, what is this? He said. What? What sort of church is this? I said, it's, "It's a Christian church." So you know, I didn't know. But he's a clever man, you know, the way yeah. he puts it. And uh, then uh, he said, um, "Does the name John Friend say anything to you?" No. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I, I've heard that he was one of the founders of this church." And they both started weeping, and mm. I realized it was them. Mm. And then I opened the church. They wanted to go inside to see the church. And um, I opened the church. And obviously, there's been extensions. And mm. the, the church got enlarged. And then he told me that, you know, they established the Bible college. And then I took him in the library. And I showed them our Bible college. Because we have the Australian School of Ministry here. And that's what really, really touched him. Mm. Because uh, he knew that, you know, El has an you know, I think it changed into table later on, or No, harvest, or harvest, yeah. harvest, and then it was kind of swollen up by the big harvest. And, <laughs> it, uh, and you then swollen up again by bigger fish again. Yeah, as yeah. as things do happen. That's uh, right. But uh, and you could sense that he um, had a heart for mm. training people. Mm. And when he heard that there is a Bible college being run here, and then when he saw the library, he was just mm. really, really touched. What a beautiful man. Mm got amazing parents you know they donated a number of books yeah and the collection that he has about the pentecostal movement in australia especially mm. in western australia and all his magazines mm. he just gladly gave them to to us mm. to have here It's beautiful and we are just so privileged to to have them yeah in our catalogs here and uh, what a heritage mm. what a heritage
0: mm.
1: and uh you know Oh, it was godly for them to come here yeah in that time and i went to visit them in madly just before they left uh, their home and moved into the retirement place and uh, it was just beautiful mm. really beautiful so Praise you have got amazing heritage right mm. so they labored hard here to establish el shaddai mm. from scratch yes yes yeah. what a pioneering work mm. from your dad it was a creditor, wasn't it? It was. No, back then. Oh, there was a need. No, nothing existed. Yes. That so sense. the churches would just recognise people who are equipped.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then students, of course, who felt called to study, would live by faith. They would trust God for finances. They would work part time.
1: Yeah. Pull themselves through. Well, there wasn't a lot of paid ministers around. Mm-hmm. Probably more in the established churches, but not so much in the Pentecostal lands. world. No. Yeah. No. No. You, you worked and you earned your money and you also served, mm. just like we do today. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving back to Perth, was it easy for you as a young man, young child? Moving multiple times wasn't
0: easy. I'll admit that now, growing up. Uh, losing friendships was tough. Yeah. And, of course, Townsville to Perth is it's the whole continent. So it's <laughs> the, the big whole shift. span.
1: <laughs> it took four days to drive here. It wasn't a quick move. no. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, so what school did you go to? Initially a, um, a small Christian school called Nolamara Christian Academy. There was such a
0: school right here in Nolamara, not at the, uh, no, not, not here the... down, down the road.
1: Okay. Yeah. Down the road, corner of Hillsborough. Wow. Yeah. I, I never knew that. Yeah. So there was a little primary Christian school, uh, primary to secondary,
0: 70 uh-huh. students in total, 70. Yeah. So pretty small. And there was a bunch of us Pentecostals in the, in the group. And the school was anti-Pentecostal, which was hilarious. Yes, we, we were there. And then at some point it just became untenuous for us to
1: remain. So we all transitioned to Belga Senior High School. So Belga. Still, still local. And you lived in Olamara or Westminster now? or No, Marangaroo, Marangaroo. Okay, so that was a newer sort of suburb. Brand new, brand yeah. new. It was a cross beach road across Marangaroo Drive. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, your parents ministered here. This was full time for you. Your dad was for them. It it was, yes. Yeah. Both of them. Okay. Mm. And, uh, how was your development in your youthful years? Um, did you keep your faith going or you had a chapter where you went off the rails? When I was
0: 14, there was a prophetic word over my life. Yeah. Um, two actually, one was Fred Anderson, if you know that name. I know well, the name, yeah. but I don't know him. So one of the Pentecostal pioneers of the city, one of the fathers yep. of the city, who saw a, a Baptist church come into character, renewal, and become hillside church now, Forestfield yep. Church yep. back then. And he gave me a prophetic word at 14, a real call of God in my life, and I felt that at that point. Another word in a similar time frame as well, that... Then became formative. I had them written out in the Bible, for instance, and I'd pull them out and read them and yeah. put them back in again and kept them there for years. There was a tough period at sort of at 16, 17, where I wrestled with do I finish school and go straight to Bible college? Do I get a career? What do I do? Um, I ended up cha- changing churches in that time frame. There was a, um, a lack of young people here yeah. in the church. Later on, I came back and started a youth group here. So that, that had the full circle so of, where did of it its that? own kind a some Oh, live. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, it was packed. It was a hundred teenagers and it was quite amazing. So John that was important for us. Of no, long, point. long oh, before John. <laughs> Keith Ainge. Okay. Yeah, right. Keith Ainge back then. And uh yeah, that was a beautiful time. Saw God move in amazing ways. Yeah, amazing ways.
1: Because they were charismatic as well and the gospels, weren't they? Yeah, some of God. Yeah. 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 So,
0: young people would go to the local Red Rooster or fish and chip shop and meet somebody who was intoxicated, lead them to Christ, bring, bring them, them back in. to church. Yeah, yeah, that was normal. Yeah. Again, I could name your names. I'll tell you after we finish recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's a lot to, to do after we finish recording. There, there are a few things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you finished high school? Finished high school. And Gept ended away from booze girls and gambling yeah, and drugs. All, all that, yeah, tobacco and. Chewing gum and all those things. Oh, you, you didn't keep away from them. No, I did.
0: You did. You <laughs> <laughs> were <was> chewing gum. <laughs> Even chewing gum. Oh dear. Now the law was good. I ended up landing in a job in the corporate insurance world. Yes. So I was an insurance broker for a number of years. But that was the, the daytime job. And of course then on the weekends and at night and times, we time were involved great. in church,
1: yeah. Supporting mum, dad, everything. All those things. Yeah.
0: I ended up back here at the church after four years, mm-hmm. and back from Gweru into here at Nolamara and said to God, "Okay, this, this lack of teenagers is a problem. We just need to fix this." I said to the Lord, "If you give me six teenagers, six year fourteen-year-olds, I'll start a youth group." Yeah, and He gave me six. He gave me five boys and one girl. I still feel sorry for that one girl.
1: I should so have said to God, "You married her?" No, no, no. no.
0: <laughs> we we were married by then, um, my wife and I. But we had a girl and this, this five boys, and that grew over about five years to 70 teenagers. We wow. baptized dozens, of them to Christ, discipled them. Who discipled brought them moved. in? How did they come in? The Lord was good. I would never consider myself to be an evangelist, but he brought a couple of key evangelists into the team, okay. and they were phenomenal, just yeah. amazing people, called by God. One in particular, in, in the daytime, was just shy, shy, shy. In normal conversation, you could barely yeah. look in the eye. He was just so shy. But the anointing on him, he'd, he'd have a call of God to lead someone to Christ. Yes. And he would just follow that call so they were born again. Wow. And some weekends he would bring three new people to church on a weekend. Wow. Yeah, one to youth group, one to Sunday morning, one to Sunday night. That's three amazing. new ones a weekend. It was phenomenal. And I'd say to him, mate, you bring them in, the team will take care of them. We'll yeah. take care of the rest.
1: Wow. Yeah. And we did, yeah. Man, to have someone like that in the trenches is just beautiful. Mm. And where did you meet your wife? I'd get a win. Uh,
0: no, no. She was an evangelical. So she was not a Pentecostal. And Sunshine FM back then would do these competitions, talent quests. Yes. You know, singing competitions. Mm-hmm. So solos, duets and bands. And yes. I was in a band at the time. Playing? Yeah, playing keys. Okay. And my band very nearly entered the competition. You could win a recording contract. Nice. And at the last minute, we withdrew. We didn't feel we were ready for it. So mm-hmm. we didn't participate in that particular year. But I felt to go down and just check out the talent. So um, I did. And she sang a solo. I saw her. I thought to myself, she can't be Pentecostal because if she was, i No, know. The Pentecostal church world back then was small. much smaller.
1: Yeah. And you were everywhere.
0: And I was everywhere. And she left. I saw her leave in her car. I noticed which car she drove. And what about, was it? Know, a red Chrysler Sigma. There you go. <laughs> anyway, she drove off. And about two weeks later, uh, there was a place called The Duke. And The Duke was a place where Christian bands would go and play. And it was typically youth groups. Once the youth group had finished, the program had finished, the older teenagers, young adults would come to this place and enjoy Christian music and meet Christian people. Yeah. And so it was cross-denominational. She was on the committee that ran the particular event. I was in a band. My band would play at The Duke. And then through a mutual friend, met her and said... I heard you sing two weeks ago. You've got a beautiful voice, and the rest is history.
1: Not really. Not really. <laughs> There's a lot more to. Uh, uh, did you tell your mum and dad that you found somebody? How, yeah. How, how close were you to them? Like, yeah. In fact, um, that's interesting because
0: within within a week or so, my mum got really sick, critically sick, actually, and so I was in that formative period of getting to know Natalie, it's my wife, getting to know Natalie that uh, my mum was rushed to hospital she nearly died it was quite a traumatic event and um yeah that was one of the conversations between her and i getting to know each other how's your mum yeah what's taking place yeah the lord did a miracle there the lord pulled her through mm-hmm. she lived as you know yeah heard her. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a crisis in that particular point that it's interesting how the lord uses these crises
1: to do things how old were you were just you about met?
0: to turn 19.
1: And she was? Same, okay. 19 yeah, Beautiful. And how long after that did you get married? We got married at 21. Okay, so a couple of years later. How did you propose? I really didn't propose. She proposed? Neither. You just said, we're doing this. I just said, either
0: this is a thing, and we're serious, or we're not. Yeah. And she said, yes we are. I said, great,
1: and we got married. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Which is not very romantic. Oh, it is, but it's, it's, uh, it's um, decisive. Yes, yeah. And I think girls appreciate that, mm. you know, a, decisive, uh, a man who can make a decision and, you mm. know, commit to something like that. It's mm. beautiful. Where did you get married? Gerowin, the Assembly of God. Okay. Yeah. And she came across? She, crossed she her, came across.
0: That was a bit of a turmoil right there. Where was
1: she going to? Well, before that, she was going to Warwickshire to Christ. Okay. And so she, she lived in the area? Yeah, they lived in Waterloo. And the parents were believers as well? Yeah, strong believers, very right. strong believers. Yeah, very, so it strong wasn't believers. hard for them to uh, give it away to you? Well, the tongues bit was the hard
0: bit because her parents were kind of on the anti-Pentecostal spectrum yeah. at that particular point.
1: So why were you praying in tongues with them at the dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it took about 12 months for, for Natalie to, to talk
0: through those issues and have a shift of heart and whatnot. And was she filled with this spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after 12 months. Wow. After a year. Yeah, we had this dinner party with friends of ours, and she kept saying to me, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Yeah, I kept but saying, I won't ask for it. That's right. <laughs> and I kept saying that's not kingdom. Kingdom is faith. Yeah. Without faith, you cannot please God. Yeah. You have to have faith. You have to believe. earnestly desire spiritual gifts. You know, 1 Corinthians fourteen. So we have these conversations round in circles. This particular dinner party uh, really felt the Lord in our conversation with some friends of ours, some dear friends of ours. And I just said, I think we should be praying and asking God for more yeah. of this presence in our lives. And we prayed for a few hours, and it was really sweet. Pray with Natalie again for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, she came quite close, and then I felt God give me a word of knowledge for her and a prophetic word. Take your pick. I said, tomorrow morning, I don't know who the guest preacher will be at church, but there'll be a preacher there. If there's not a call, respond. If there's not an no altar call, just go and ask. I said, would you pray with me? And I believe, as he lays hands on you, you the breakthrough will come. It's right there. It's tipping point. Yeah. And you know, bear in mind, I'm you know, I'm 20 years of age. I'm still naive and wet behind the ears. But you know, you have to just fly by faith. You just yeah. believe in these things. And, and she did. Uh, I was with her when she went forward, and the moment he laid his hands on, on her head, she spoke in tongues. It was immediate. Wow, it was a breakthrough there. Yeah, quite beautiful.
1: She she would have been thrilled. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yes, everything sweet. now was real. That's right. It wasn't a story. It wasn't doubt. It wasn't some do, some don'ts. Uh, uh, the taboo was gone. That's right. And bear in mind, she's a worshiper. You know, yeah. she loves the Lord. So the it spirit. That's right. The Spirit lifts you higher yeah. again than what you've
0: ever known before.
1: That's right. And then when she shared that with her parents? By that, point, by that point, there was an openness there, praise <laughs> God. <laughs> they her were father, warmed up to Well, they got to know me by
0: then. Yeah. And her father said to her, look, I, it's not for me. I don't want the tongues thing. Yeah. He said, but it's okay for you. That's fine. <laughs> you can have it. The irony is her parents now are in our church. And they're full of... Yeah. The they, they're so used by God, it's amazing. They're a tremendous couple. So three three odd decades later and That's they're with us. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Children? Two. The oldest is 28, a
1: mm-hmm. girl, and the youngest is 24, a boy. Beautiful names? Emily and Caleb. Caleb, beautiful. Uh, your grandpa, are they? Uh, is Emily married? No, they're both single. Okay. We're, we're waiting still, <laughs> eagerly looking forward to the day. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Are they in the Lord? Yeah, they're they're both
0: going through their own journeys in their own ways. Um, our daughter's been sick for a few years and struggling with some illness issues, and so that's caused um a bit of bit of heartache for her and for us. Our son is a uni student, so he's studying hard. His last semester, of this semester, he leads worship at church and quite involved. What in does things. he do? He um, has uni- a he has a commercial window cleaning business on the side, yes, and is a full time student so at a uni.
1: What's psychology? Psychology. Oh. That's great, great. I love psychology. Mm. It's good as a minister, you know. If you if you can study psychology, a bit of philosophy and theology, you've got the humanity worked out. That's, that's
0: it. That's it. That's good. Yeah, that
1: that would come from me. I've got an interest in psychology as well, yeah. so that'll be there. That's yeah. nice. So um, you ministered with your parents here for a while in, as, uh, in that um, youth minister capacity. Mm. What else did you do? Worship and, and youth were the two main things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, my first appointment was as assistant pastor. By that point, Dad had
1: moved on from this church. Yep. Another pastor had come in.
0: Who was then here?
1: Steve King. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've heard the name. I yeah. haven't met him. Yeah, and so you worked with him here. That's right. So you came on staff by then. No, I went through Bible
0: College. So that was the work, work part time, earn your money. <laughs> yeah, trust pay, God. Pay for Bible College as well. <laughs>
1: pay for college so yourself. <laughs> you studied at El Shaddai, or was it no, Harvest? No, by that
0: point it was it was Harvest. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So Harvest was it the brand from South Australia, or was it a WA Harvest? No, actually Victoria was head office oh. for Harvest. Okay, and
0: it's rather confusing in, in the backstory of Assemblies of God and how those things worked. But they had a, a college here in Perth that was at one point Southern Cross. Yep. Now, should I joined that? They turned curriculum to Harvest, which was Victoria. Yep. And then at some point, Harvest joined Alpha Crucis, which was originally called
1: Southern Cross. So it's a yeah, very I did my master. It's in a very Southern confusing Cross. circle. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the actual degree came from Sydney University back then. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, small world. Yeah. It now, is. Yeah, so yeah. now harvest is part of Alpha Cruises now. Everything now it is. Alpha is. Now it is. Yeah. And uh, is Table still around? There are hillside. They're right? still here,
0: um, but I think more focused on counselling than anything. Okay. Truth right. be told.
1: Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And uh, after, so how long was this chapter here as the assistant pastor at AOG here?
0: How long was I the assistant pastor? Yeah. Oh, good question. Four years, I think,
1: and something then like what, that. What chapter of life did you move into?
0: I had always said to a friend of mine, "I would never plant a church." <laughs> guess what I did next?
1: You planted a <laughs> church. Played <to> the church. <laughs> Where was that? In Balladura. and that was called initially Balladura Community Church. BCC, yeah, like the school, <laughs> yeah, like the school. <laughs> and did you meet at the community centre? Did you? We
0: did. Yeah, there was, there's a number of community centres over there. There was one that had been built in South Balladjura, close to where we lived, actually. And I would drive past it thinking somebody should plant a church there. And I guess at some point God heard my somebody and said, you're the somebody.
1: Yeah. So where was it? Uh, Where where did you guys meet? South Balladjura Community Centre. Which is on which drive? Uh, It's on Hamlin, corner of Hamlin and Bellefin. Okay. On that Glenview side. I my first block of land was on Guadalupe Drive. Was it really? Yeah, so I lived there, oh, there you in go, the yeah. late nineties. Yeah. For about four years. Well days. we lived on Jaralia. Oh there you go. Juralia Parkway. Yeah. We've never met. Funny that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was running I was running music lessons at East Bellajura primary school or it was it South South Yeah. Yeah. Just around the corner. Were you? Yeah. What do you play? I don't play much. I just teach. <laughs> but I can, I can play both brass and strings. Right. Yeah. Right. I only blow the shofar nowadays. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Small world. Mm. Small world. And how did that go?
0: It was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. The first 12 months were hard work. Yeah. And we had a small nucleus that, that loved the Lord and loved us and we loved them.
1: And you were still working at the time. What, mm. in the, yes. what were you doing? Still in insurance? Yes. Okay. I was,
0: And then after about 12 months, one of the guys said, you know, we need to see souls saved, what's going on here. And one of the guys, team members, another guy said, look, just it's a foundation we're pouring first. Just yeah. Have patience and God's timing. These things will happen. And then somewhere about there, the next 12 months, we saw mostly young people. But yeah. one person saved a week for a year. It was phenomenal. Wow. Amazing move of God. Mm, just some of the youngsters coming in. One of these young fellows um, was a handful, shall we say,
1: Yeah.
0: and his mum came to church one week. And so I had to come and see what happened because my boy is no longer the trouble he was before you have transformed him. I had to meet you guys and see and who you stayed. are that did this to him. And she stayed? <laughs> she stayed, yeah. She came First to church gosh. and joined. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, I had the assistant principal at Ballagyra Community College meet me. I met him. And he said, "You're so and so." I said, "Yes." From this church, I said, "Yes." Do you know this name? I said, "Yes." He said, "Do you know that family are all drug dealers?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> I'm aware. he said, "It's the third worst family in Ballajura." I said, "Yes, I know." He said, "Seriously." He said, "I don't want the church thing. Do you keep fixing kids like him? You're doing helping well. kids like him. You've got my support."
1: Wow! Yeah, it was remarkable. Did you, did you get in the school? Were you able to get in the school? We did.
0: Yeah, we used the Performing Arts Centre. Okay. By the time I was there, the last three years, we were using Performing Arts Centre. and
1: That was the church? Yeah, for Sundays, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was good. And from then? We felt called to plant a church in Mount Lawley, so 15 years ago now. So what did you do with the one in Bellajura? You passed it on to somebody Handed it over to our assistant pastor, yeah, okay. moved on. And they are still there?
0: No, no, things have changed for that church. Um, that's another long story. Um, and I'd long gone by then.
1: Okay. Um, so you didn't have any oversight or anything? You totally passed it? Passed it over. Yeah.
0: yeah. Felt to pioneer at the university campus. And at ECU. At, at ECU. Mm-hmm. Had no idea in the transition of things that the Churchlands campus would close. Yeah. They'd move programs from Churchlands to Mount Lawley and to Joondala. Yeah. And that then suddenly meant that international students were at Mount Lawley. Okay. Mount Lawley was originally a teacher's college and yeah. WAPA. So that usually meant Aussie students, not internationals. And suddenly we had a multicultural church. Wow. And Baladjura was not multicultural. It was very Caucasian, (laughs) very vanilla. Yeah. (laughs) Mount Lolly became very much uh, a beautiful colour, beautiful spectrum. And helping students and migrant families, single mums. So you established
1: a church within the university? Yeah. You know, both Raluca, my wife, and I graduated from ECU in Churchlands. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So we, my wife did nursing, and I did a Bachelor of Business there. Ah. We both graduated, and when they developed the land there, we bought. Did you buy there? In the first auction, <laughs> and we still live there now. Well done. And so we, we're literally on the campus mm. where, where we both studied, so we're still there now. And uh, a few years later, we passed to Church and Christian Fellowship. Yeah, yeah. So Which started there. Yeah, so everything yeah. is interconnected. Full
0: circles. Wow, that's so amazing. So you,
1: you're at now Loli, and you took another big step into establishing something with students. Planting again, that's right. Is there student housing at Mount Loli or not? There is. There yeah. is. So that, that was helpful? Very, very helpful.
0: You can imagine what happens. Students meet students. They get yeah, married, married. They in... have children. They have families.
1: And you met in one North. of the lecture theatres? Yeah? We did, yes, mm-hmm. that's right.
0: Yeah, that's been 15 years now. Now the church, of course, is everything from you know young to old. And, and you're still the there point, still there at ECU?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Or slightly adjacent to it. The high school is taking over the campus of ECU as ECU relocates into the city to Northbridge. OK. So there's a transition plan taking Are place. Are they building a new uh, high-rise? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Just on the Horseshoe Bridge? There. That's right, yeah, yeah, correct. I should tell you one thing. Um, I'd planned to plant and hand over. I had an assistant with me. I wasn't planning to remain. Yeah. And barely 12 months into the new church, and I felt, if you know the John Howard story and Peter Costello, I felt like a John Howard. I felt like I'm going to make promises to hand over, but never hand over. It was the strangest of feelings. And I was criticizing myself, if that makes sense. I'm critiquing my own ethics and morals. And I, I didn't know what to do about this. So, finally, met with a church consultant in the US. and uh, We meant to have lunch with our wives, and their wives found it something better to do, so they ran off without us. And Smart said, you, "You blokes can talk boring church stuff. We're going to go whatever was shopping or something." And so off they went. And I turned to him and said, "I've got a story to tell." In
1: here, was he visiting here, or you were in there? Oh, I was in the US yeah.
0: for a conference. Yeah.
1: So I'm sure your wife wanted to go shopping. All the outlets, yeah. <laughs> get away from me. And
0: so we talked about this topic and I said, look, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not gonna hand over to this pastor. I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing by him. And he was very wise. He said to me, look, just press pause on the ethics. What would it mean if you didn't hand over? Let's explore that conversation. Yeah. What, would it, what would happen to the church? I said, well, the church would have to change its framework. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, right now it's very much focused on uni students, we need to become broader it's focused on really being one local church. This would need to become more of an Antioch, more of a site that sends out and out of a place where things are launched. It'd have to reflect the call of God in my life. And he said, well, what if you start praying into that? So I came back to Perth and long story short, in the the economy of God, uh, that was what was gonna happen. I had no idea uh, that that couple moved on for various reasons. And I found myself in this church long-term. I was quite surprised, mm. very surprised.
1: How many people have you released? <laughs> I've lost track. <laughs> Dozens? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But out of that has come uh, church planting, out of that has come missions,
1: yeah. um,
0: a disability service, yeah. community services, all kinds of things have come from And the, you're
1: involved in the... that as well. You, 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 you're part of a, uh, is it a um, disability service?
0: Yeah, we, if I can backstory yeah we started doing housing for homeless people, okay. we started doing, and people coming from, literally from the streets, yep. from Teen Challenge or Shalom, yep. coming out of prison, or in some cases, even domestic violence, some kind of reason why they needed to find housing. We ended up with, I think, five houses in total towards the end. We transitioned that across into a single site at one point, a former hospital yep. at one point. And somewhere there, someone said to us as a team, you should apply for NIS." And the question was asked of me, do we apply? I said, why not? We're already doing the work anyway. Yeah. And if we don't get it, it doesn't change the fact we'll keep on doing what we should be doing. So, sure, we applied. One of my team members said to me, Chris, there's a prophecy about this. Hmm. I said, no, there's not. And you know what? There was. There was. It was quite remarkable. We, we did get approved and now... In three years, we've got more than 70 staff in, in that program and affiliated programs into counselling services, into um, positive behaviour supports, into recovery college stuff, all kinds of things around that space. And What is it called? Remarkable. Collective Hope Community Collective Services. Hope. The church is now called Collective Hope too. That,
1: that just makes sense. It just works. <laughs> you, you've got a a cohort here, don't you? Yeah, in we've Nalamara. got three houses in Nollamara. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Because Jodi um, helps out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Jody God established her in our church for the time yeah. being, and she's been amazing. an amazing woman of God. Yeah. yeah. Very powerful, a prophetic voice mm. in the indigenous community. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> A collective, uh, collective hope, yeah? There we go. Which works pride. with multiple churches, multiple services, all working
0: together. Yeah. And hope the the gospel, of course. So, wonderful. Made sense. So, what services do you provide again? Disability services. Yeah. People on, on NDS. We do some ancillary housing solutions. We don't advertise ourselves as a housing provider, but we yes. are still providing housing mm-hmm. where we can. Transition. Exactly, in some cases. Room by room or bed by bed. Or house by house. Or house by house. depends on the circumstances. Usually to stop someone from landing a homelessness, usually that way around, rather than pulling out of homelessness. Too late. Truth be told, yeah. yeah. Um, We would normally use another transitional service in the coming out of homelessness before they come to us. There's a a process there. Counselling services, recovery college, helping people with... Um, training around living with complex behaviours, ADHD, mm-hmm. or depression.
1: How to get ready for employment. So you had this organisation as well as the church. Yeah. Wow. Oh. There's a few hours left in the day, isn't there? There is. Not many. Not many. <laughs> <laughs> but we have an amazing team. Yeah. Phenomenal team. Yeah. So did you recruit them? You handpicked those? Yeah, this we, we managed to get some industry
0: leaders to come and work for us. Okay. <laughs> God was involved key. in that. That's key. Yeah. You employed the best people and it, it takes care of us. So and
1: is your wife also involved in that? No, she's
0: not. No, she works for a large Christian school here in the state. She's As a, a teacher or no admin? Executive assistant to the principal. Okay. Uh, which is a demanding role. Of course. 200 staff, 1,500 students. She's a
1: demanding role. It's a massive school. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, in a way, it's good because um, it keeps you enough apart to want to be together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. In a healthy way, yeah. otherwise, you know, it, it can get to you. It's all-consuming mm. because both of your roles would be all-consuming. So if you were on the other side, of, sh- if she was here, you'd take all that with you, all that baggage, always Home. process it. That's right. Late. Whereas this way, each one can sort of let go. Mm. And I think that's great because, you know, the worlds collide but in a nice way. Mm.
0: Correct, yeah.
1: yeah. She used to work for a key car dealership here in Perth
0: when we were dating and we first got married, I worked for a broking firm and we would drive together to work and I'd pick her up and drop her off. And it was like that. You're driving home talking about the things in the day and yeah. how God's used your conversations, how God, yeah. God has directed you. And it's not that different these days. It's the same.
1: What's, what's the biggest challenge you faced in, in collective hope? Ooh. in the good, church more.
0: Good, good question. Good question. There's a lot of conversations about leadership dynamics, and how uh, the only way to, to grow a church or ministry is through change and that not every human being is ready to handle change. Yeah. And one of a leader's primary jobs is to empower people and prepare people and assist people in change. Yeah. And I would say that's been one of the most difficult parts, without a doubt. Lots of more qualified people than me have talked about that.
1: That's been a reality, mm-hmm. a
0: very real reality.
1: Is it the slow development of change or the conversion of change in the minds of the leaders
0: it's interesting i would say it would be the fact so is
1: it the pace or the shift a good question
0: i think it's more the fact that change happens in the area you don't expect it mm-hmm. so you want change here yeah. but god brings change here yeah here you're prepared for here you're not yes if that makes sense yeah here you're forewarned here you're not forewarned. and so suddenly change to adapt
1: you've got to adapt that's right yeah
0: that's right so some some people have have adapted well and some haven't
1: you see let's say with with the arm of the business let's call it the business because at the end of the day it is a ministry but it is a business Mm. you don't have the luxury that you have in church Mm. if a change occurs you've got to make it within days Mm. sometimes you don't even have a month Mm. you know if there's a change in policy Mm. and everybody has to run with it Mm. so they have no choice Mm. but in church yeah you know the pace can be much slower (laughs) snail pace, (laughs) you know and that can be a very frustrating for a leader a dynamic leader Mm. who sees on one side people just running with it and then on the other side you think god i didn't sign up for this this is torture Mm. you know Can I just leave them behind? (laughs) You know, But you can't. I think uh,
0: Moses may have prayed a prayer along those lines at some point. Anyway. Yeah, I think definitely there's been a case of... of Why the starter? (laughs) And even the change has happened. You know, in some areas, change is fast. We didn't see it coming. Some of the areas we wanted change to happen and change hasn't come and it's slow.
1: And it's even our
0: our wrestling with God and His ways and His timing and Him knowing better than us and us struggling with Him.
1: Um, with, uh, with the church, how do you handle betrayal? How do you handle people that walk away on you, especially leaders in whom you trusted for the next chapter, for example? I'm sure you would have come across. It happens to all of us. Yeah, that's right. Um, we had a number of stories over
0: the years that have been particularly painful, particularly difficult to handle. Um, I would argue particularly spiritual. Mm. Um, in one case... And we're going through... It. Some leaders don't recover from this. You no, realize. that's right. right. In one case, it was middle of the night, a number of years ago now. It was about 1.15, 1.30 a.m. I heard a bell ring in our bedroom. There's no yeah. bell in our bedroom, trust me. Yeah. But like a dinner bell, old-fashioned yeah. one. And this bell rang, and I jumped out of bed. I stood to attention. It's was the funniest position to be in. I'm standing at to attention. And, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? My wife said to me, what was that? I said, did you hear that? She said, yes. said, what did you hear? She said, a bell.
1: Okay.
0: So did I. (laughs) She said, what was it? I've got no idea. So I went looking for this bell. Couldn't find anything. I walked out the front, walked back inside the bedroom again, finally hopped back into bed, and she said to me, what is it? I said, I think it's God telling us to pray.
1: Something's happening.
0: Yeah, He's calling us to attention. We need to be listening and serve. And we prayed, and sure enough, a leader who was going through burnout at the time Suddenly started texting us and
1: all kinds of... In the middle of, of the
0: night. Yeah, abusive language, abusive things. In the end, she literally got on the telephone and rang, and talked for about three hours to try and talk oh, that leader down, if that makes sense, de-escalate yeah. Yeah. what they were going through. I was,
1: and to avert any crisis yeah, damage.
0: That's right. I'm messaging Europe and United States, anywhere, anywhere that's awake, <laughs> <to> pray. <laughs> saying, pray with me right now. There's a disaster taking place, and uh, we've we've walked through those seasons. We've seen those things, and uh, you, yeah, you don't you don't you don't last in ministry for decades without having gone through these kinds of. Do seasons.
1: you heal well? Yes and no. Yes and no. Because forgiving, I, I assume you do it regardless because you've got no choice. You have to. So the, the other question is, how well do you heal?
0: Mm, good question.
1: So the question, why am I putting this question, Chris, is do you heal well enough to trust others, or do you heal to such a degree where there's a shield of protection?
0: Mm. Mm. Good question. One of the strange things in the story I'm referring to now is that within 12 months of that event, I had a heart attack. Oh. And that in itself, you know, there's a story around that, for of instance. course. But that, of course, caused me to think through the way I handled stress, the way I handle pressure, all those yeah. kinds of things. Obviously, I'm medicated, you know, post-heart attack, but you know, i medicated. There's side effects to those medications, one of which would be to try and keep my blood pressure down and keep me calm. But even I, before the law, have to say some things I can't control, some things I can't even manage. It's, yeah. it's in your hands. It really is. Yeah. This is either it's all yours or it's not. I have to trust you with it. And, so that's, that's a strange dynamic in the mix mm. in that now more than ever I'm having to just trust God and trust the people he's put with us and
1: how it goes is how it goes. <laughs> when you delegate, mm. to what level do you check and trust and to what level do you have to um, micromanage? Mm.
0: I would avoid micromanagement as much as I could. I don't have the time to micromanage anybody. But I think good accountability comes with good stewardship. If, yeah. you're, if you're a paid employee you know, on a church staff, there's, there's accountability around that. If you're a committed team member on a team, there's accountability around that with stewardship. So accountability does not equal micromanagement. Those two things are different.
1: So you um, put systems in place for accountability?
0: We're always putting systems in place. Yeah.
1: Okay. Not you. And the onus is on, on the leader to come up to that level. Of course. Yeah. And if they don't pull their weight, God has ways and means. That's <laughs> it's interesting because mm. it's a, it's a tough dynamic. Mm. It's mm. a tough dynamic and leadership is. is a, um, massive mental.
0: That's right. And including in the mix, you love your
1: people. Of course. You love your leaders. Well, that's why I said you can't negotiate forgiveness and loving them. No, that's right. It's just, you know, to to what level can you pass on? Mm. What's next for you, Chris? What's next for me? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's a great question. That's a really good question. There's a number of things. Oh, we're moving. We're currently moving our church to a brand new building. So that's happening in the next month or so. That's all on the go. Moving from our Lolly yeah. into? into Morley. Okay. We've we've signed a lease on a building in Morley. We're going through change of use with the Shire mm-hmm. right now and then we'll is be that in an the,
1: industrial area of Morley or it a, is, residential. Yeah. Right area. by the galleria. Okay. So that one of those commercial factories. retail kind of spaces. Yes.
0: Yeah. We've moved the offices already, that's already taken place on the okay. same site. Yep. And moving the church is the secondary component to that.
1: We'll move into
0: that with that, our recovery college programs and our training programs, which we use with outreach. So where,
1: where was Collective Hope? Where was the office and everything? <laughs> we were spread out in multiple locations. Okay, because that, that would have created a bit of... A bit
0: but of work. Other, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had church on Sundays in Mount Lawley. We had office just off Newcastle Street in Perth. Okay. During the week, we had some programs in Rivervale. So we were, we were spread out. on deliberately trying to bring all those things together. Sure. So then, there's a crossover between the
1: community outreach programs and the church, church ministries, and the staffing and volunteers within yeah. the zoo. So the the actual building will be a multifunctional building. It won't be just a church. The, the room will be used during the week, That's right. week. That's right. Has okay. to be. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that's that's on the cards. Um, what else is next? A lot of rental work in the, in the sanctuary in the main.
0: I th- I think what would be standard with this you know, carpet and painting yeah. and curtains and staging, nothing that okay. none of us haven't done before, yeah. so that's okay.
1: How <laughs> big is the, uh, the area? 200 square okay, metres, which that's, is good for a church. Yeah. Good stuff. So you'll fit about a good 100, 120 people in there. Yeah. Great size. It's great because it's a good multifunctional room. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't feel totally that it has to be used on Sunday. You can do many things during the week, mm. training, mm. as you said, classes you yeah. classes, whatever. Yeah.
0: And we haven't excuse me, we haven't started Alpha program yet, but we'll we'll bring some of our community programs into Alpha or Christianity Explored or something like yep. that. Uh, transition them through into that that doorway into yep. the church or into counseling services. Yep. People need them or recovery groups post divorce, wow. pro- post grief, post Wow. Those kinds of life crises things people go through. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. What else is happening? Um yeah, we're currently working on a lot of that training stuff
1: in the background.
0: We're working on some new funding models, um, some new opportunities with government, things yeah. that we can do as a provider, as a charity.
1: They're looking for uh, for, for organisations to step up at the moment, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. They want to pass a lot of the works through charities.
0: Yeah, and we deliberately set up a, a separate charity to the church entity. Of so. We can use the charity for government programs.
1: It's quite yeah, deliberate. and that's probably got a different board than to the church board as well because you, you need the right people. Um, different different dynamics. I have three boards, my friend. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it's never boring or always boring. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah, well, you need them. You need them. Um, bucket list. What's bucket your, list. Oh, my goodness. List?
0: I've built 12 houses now, my wife and I. And I think there's something in the pioneering spirit even in that. You You build them and sell them or you build them and… Live in them or build them and rent them out or take your pick. There's something of that pioneer thing right there.
1: Yeah, Um, you're a builder.
0: Yeah, yeah, start with nothing and build. I think I'll build again. We'll probably build one more house for ourselves and that'll be our forever home. Now, when when it comes to building,
1: is it mainly because of the investment aspect of it or the thrill of doing your own thing? For
0: her, it'd be the thrill. For me, it would be interior
1: design.
0: Oh, she loves that bit. Architecture. The architecture's is me. Yeah. Interior design is, is her. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. We we do we do well with that. Um, there's one more house than us. There's a few more books in me.
1: Um, you've written some. I've
0: chapters, articles mm-hmm. along the way. There's there's a few books in there. Want to want to write. So we'll we'll get your to them memoir, some maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been challenged to do. A thesis for a PhD on the story of collective hope and
1: that'll be fun. So
0: we'll we'll see
1: where that lands. That's right. Scholarship on it as well, maybe? willing, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We're, We're not far down
0: yeah. that track yet. Yeah. I'm getting pushed to do these things. It's no <laughs> <not> longer <laughs> it's, just not me. A, it's not your bucket list. It's not scene around <laughs> me <in> the bucket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but building a house what what gave you that passion
0: Oh, good question. We we've been in the house we're in for ten years, so I think um, a house with no stairs would be would be good. My wife had knee surgery a month ago, so a house with no stairs might be key. A house with a back lawn for grandkids, I think, would be one of those things too.
1: So you live in the city or in the city at the moment? Uh,
0: we're we're in Dean actually.
1: But you yeah. have yeah, two yeah. stories, small lot, yeah, uh, by the river. So beautiful views. Okay, but no no lawn, no grass. So. Okay.
0: We might we might flip that around and
1: do things nice. differently again. Well, the prices have gone up, haven't they? Oh, the building yeah. prices—it's no one wants to build every. So. I'm kind of waiting you know. for the building prices to <laughs> <laughs> to pull back down a bit. I'm Forget hoping. it; it'll never happen. <laughs> you, you've lived through a few cycles. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's a few things in the mix. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I love we we love building as well. I've I've built I don't know. I haven't counted, but you know. Probably eighty to a hundred homes. Wow! So there you go. Um, not all for ourselves, mainly for clients. And we—I don't even know how many I built for ourselves in our developments, but probably about twenty. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So uh, I love it. Oh, we we're building at the moment. We're building two at the moment. So
0: there's another story for once we finish recording.
1: <laughs> we're always doing stuff. We're, we're in that. We have a business in that space. We we do double glazed aluminium windows and doors. Right. So we we've actually. Um, now that we're talking about this, we've uh, trademarked uh, Passive Homes Australia as well. So we are on, on the verge of, we're doing some work in that space, in the Passive Homes. Uh, we mm-hmm. even own the domain www.passive.homes, well which done. is a worldwide domain. Mm-hmm. So we, we are very strong into branding and uh, IP, intellectual property, and um, yeah, we It's it's interesting. Well done. There's so many common things here. Yeah, very very good. So, uh, yeah.
0: Lord willing, there's a few more hundred churches to be planted. Yeah. Through us as a group. Um, I'd love to. Are you are you
1: equipping for church planting? Yeah,
0: yeah. We're still developing the model, without a doubt. It's Mm -hmm. still a a developing model at this stage, but there's something taking place at the core of who we are, and has been for
1: for quite a while. Well, you've got strong. inheritance from, from mom and dad, Mm. you know, that's, it's it's a powerful pioneering call. Mm. That's why I think that's why you're building, that's why you're building buildings. That's why you're building, you know, companies, organizations, churches, uh, colleges, you you know, even though God has kept you settled for a while in Mm. this, but you settle, you're not really settled. It's always going, you know, so. That's right. Yeah. you establishing new, you're breaking new ground. Mm. And um, yeah, you're a starter. Mm. There's it's stuff good. in Australia that I want to do still. We're
0: planting Lord Willing in New Zealand next year. Wow. we planted in Fiji this year. I'd like to do some stuff in the Golden Triangle, sort of the Cambodia, Thailand, Laos, Myanmar kind of space. Beautiful. We've got ministry partners up there we've done some
1: training with. I've run a, a few
0: courses with some friends of mine up there already and we'll keep pushing forward again
1: yeah we've we've done Cambodia Vietnam Mm. India you know Nepal um Zealand. I planted a church in New Zealand as well (laughs) well done it's still going thank God (laughs) hopefully a bit longer yeah uh yeah interesting you know beautiful journeys um yeah I mean this is amazing it's amazing how's your wife uh looking at all this my words to her are it's never boring is it yeah no it's not
0: (laughs) Um, husband comes home and says I have an idea and she just listens (laughs) just pull pull her face what's your idea sweetheart I think this is the next thing we can do and so it's it's never boring um yeah it's interesting I would have at one point thought that all the things taking place are somewhat externalized yeah. The, the partnerships, the agreements, the, the, the teams, the people around us, and they're all critical things, systems, yeah. boards. They're all critical things, absolutely. But the more and more I've come along the journey, the more I've realized it's actually quite internalized. It's our walk with the Lord, yeah. and he wants to do something, and he invites us into what he's doing. Of course. It's a spiritual reality. And then suddenly my role as leader is to bring the team into that spiritual reality. How's, how's the Lord leading us together? What's he doing with us as a team? and that's a deeper road a deeper level of faith than most of us are used to but it's exciting it's beautiful it's intimate well it's you're actually
1: doing the collective hope yes you you're bringing them in that hub mm. on on that journey it's mm. it's a journey where you're hiking together mm. it's as a huddle it's mm. you know we got to climb on this mountain and everyone's going to make it to the top and back that's out. right that's right yeah no, no one's going to get lost. No one's turning back, basically, mm. Mm. which is beautiful. Mm. It's amazing. Look, I'm uh, I'm going to pay some attention <laughs> no. to your journey from now on because uh, I think it's exciting and yeah. uh, it rubs off, you know. And of course, I've been watching you already because you're right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've we've stretched the limits a little bit here in the time that we've been here, and we've got a long way to go mm. as well. Mm. But uh, it's a beautiful journey. You know, I, I can't stand still, you know, it's exciting for us. Mm. But it's always nice to rub shoulders with people that are, you know, doing the same thing in a sense or, you know, uh, they're ahead of us in some ways and we're learning from them. And uh, it just inspires you. Mm. You, know, you. You know, when you see others doing it, you think, oh, okay, I'm not the only one that's really, you know, crazy. Pushing. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> crazy to the world. I, To me, I don't think this is crazy. I think this is normal. But to a lot of the people, they, they think you are a little yeah. crazy. And look, crazy you have to be. I mm-hmm. mean, you only get a shot life, mm-hmm. You know, why sleep it? You know, it's mm-hmm. like people, when they say to me, Natalia, you, you get up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning? I said, yeah. And they go, you must be mad. You, you lose so much sleep. And I said, What do you think we will do in eternity? (laughs) You know, this life is made for excitement, you Mm. know. By 8 o'clock, you you missed half of your day, you know. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, different people have different views on life. and But as you said, the responsibility, when, when God touches you with that responsibility, you know, you have that mantle on. You cannot ignore that, and you can't take it off, and there's no off-season per se. Mm. It's just a rhythm of life, mm. and uh, you know, in your case, because you would have gone through that heart attack, it just, it makes you manage that rhythm and steward it a lot better than most of us. Are forced to? Yeah, whereas I think sometimes we go until we drop, basically. <laughs> And then you hope that it's not the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming uh, and just sharing your heart and your story. I'm sure it blesses so many people out there. And uh, it's a pleasure. I look forward to interviewing your dad as well because I think uh, you know there's so much wealth of wisdom. You'll in need there. three hours for that one. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I- I've got the time. He's a great storyteller. He is. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, friends, what a, what a beautiful story. Uh, Chris Friend, if you're in Perth, make sure you connect with him as well and, you know, touch base with Collective Hope, both in ministry, in the organization, and see how you can help out, and also in the church as well. And uh, if this story in- inspires you, please share it on the channels that you're watching it, whether it's on YouTube or you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music, etc. Just share it, uh, give us five stars, like it, and do whatever it takes so we can spread the good news. And um, we hope to see you soon, again, every week here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I am Nathaniel Costia.
0: Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.